Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is on Cardiac CT software, the basics, and how to apply them. And again, this is at the SCCT meeting in Montreal in July 2013. And as I mentioned, and as you heard last week, I spoke about the hardware advances in CT, and now I'm going to speak to you a little bit about software. Again, Wikipedia, the home of all information. What is computer software? is a set of machine-readable instructions that directs a computer's processor to perform specific operations. The term is used in contrast with computer hardware, the physical objects that carry out the instructions. Hardware and software require each other. Neither has any value without the other. And that's obviously a critical thing to remember. It's important to remember that the better hardware gets, the better the opportunity for really great software. When you speak about software, we talk about three types of software. System software, basic software needed to operate a, a computer. Think about Mac, iOS, or think about Windows. Application software is a software that uses the computer system to perform useful work beyond the operation of the computer itself. Think 3D imaging. And embedded software, which is firmware within embedded systems, devices dedicated to a single use. In that context, there's no clear distinction between the system and application software. So most of what we use really in radiology is application software. So regardless of what scanner you have or workstation, there are some things that are everywhere. It's done often a little bit differently, but conceptually the same. Here's a patient. We're looking at uh, LAD stenosis or critical stenosis in a patient with barely detectable calcification in the coronary arteries and agonist score of under one. And the software in this case allows us in 2D to stretch out each of the vessels, see the stenosis, look at the same finding in 3D. Or in this example, we're looking at um, anomaly where the circumflex arises off the right coronary. There's also some calcified plaque, but no critical stenosis and the ability to go from 2D to 3D imaging and show very nicely that anomaly is really nicely illustrated by the 3D or the 2D images. The ability to show that is system software. And of course, this case of a bicuspid aortic valve with stenosis, and as you can see, a number of different renderings looking at that software very nicely defined. And then of course, the fact that we can take this and re-look at the information in 3D and look at the motion. And here you're looking at the uh, opening and closing of the patient's aortic valve. And you can see very nicely the bicuspid valve and the changes in the, uh, the aperture between the two valve leaflets. Now that's very much standard cardiac software. Everybody has that. But what else? Where are we going? Well, when you think about software, we are using new software for scan acquisition. We're using new software for data post-processing in different ways. And we also use software to optimize data analysis. And newer things really are that we're using software for optimizing the use of cardiac CT. As I'll show you, there's some software now that's become available where you can decide what patients will benefit and which will not benefit from a cardiac CT. Now, when I spoke about hardware, I showed this slide from Philips, and it does make the point that the hardware and software is intimately related, and you can see some of the key things Philips, for example, has done, the ability to combine the use of the injector with the scanner protocols to merge things. That's a software application designing the optimal protocol for each patient, it's a software application, 
or Siemens allow you to define and customize applications, consider how to do the post-processing, have things done automated, guide and send information out to referring clinicians, that's software, or looking and designing aortic valve replacement by looking with TAVR-type procedures, again, software-type application, and GE looking at things like plaque analysis, which is really a software application looking at some of these charts. So again, software becomes critical. We look at software also when we talk about dose reduction. We talk about iterative reconstruction as something that every vendor is now doing. The goal of iterative reconstruction is to have better quality images from poor quality data. So, and poor quality data, which sounds really bad, is really the result of lowering the dose. So can we lower the dose, get images that would not be ideal, but then have software make them ideal? Think about um, the uh, satellites in orbit, taking pictures on the ground. That's what you do, you use iterative reconstruction to be able to see a license plate from 100,000 miles above the Earth. And this, uh, the results, this article by Leipzig made the point that Acer, which is a brand of uh, iterative reconstruction from GE, allowed lower tube current and allowed up to 60% reduction in dose. So very important dose reduction um, across the spectrum. And again, you can see the numbers will change in terms of dose reduction and noise reduction, but the less noise typically, the more we can do dose reduction. Again, there's a balance because the images need to be accurate, and if you lower the dose too much and you do too much post-processing, you could hide or create errors. So it really is a very much balancing act. Renka made the point that compared with fastback projection, which is what we typically have done in CT, iterative image reconstruction significantly improves accuracy, specificity, positive predictive value of coronary CTA for the evaluation of coronary artery stenosis in patients with heavy vessel calcification. So you can see it not only can lower dose, but it can give us more information. We talk about automated analysis. We look at calcified plaque. I showed you before, every system measures calcified plaque. But Dr. Day and colleagues in California have come up with a semi-automated technique to measure and quantify non-calcified plaque. And indeed, it's very accurate. Their technique has been shown with this auto plaque to indeed be very accurate. Uh, they compared it with IVIS, and it was one-to-one. -one. It's a very interesting software program. It's been through several versions. The newest version is much more user-friendly, and we've used it as well, and it works very nicely. And here's just a couple of screenshots showing you how it detects, defines, and quantifies the non-calcified plaque. And this article, which was published at the American College of Cardiology this year, talks about using the technique to document how you can reproducibility. You can have high reproducibility for looking at non-calcified plaque in patients, which potentially would allow you to scan patients multiple times following intervention. So again, the whole idea of reproducibility, quantification, software, indeed becomes very, very important. And here's just the reference if you want to look further. But you can see the reproducibility was very high. Here's a schematic of that. And here's just a couple images really showing you how the uh, non-calcified plaque measured the same on scans done a couple days apart. So something that becomes very, very important, but it's these software tools that really allow us to do this. This article by Kroll 
uh, looking at non-calcified plaque in younger individuals from high-risk families allowed you to better quantify what was going on and thought that perhaps this would obviate appropriate risk reduction interventions in younger patients with a family history of early onset CAD. So, or coronary artery disease. So it becomes very, very important. We talk about coronary artery disease and can we quantify information as in stenosis? Can a computer help us? Perhaps be a second reader for us? Maybe that's a good thing. And by Arcadia, they did have a software program which allows you to uh, detect the presence of 50% or greater stenosis. And it takes no user intervention. The patient scanned. Images are sent to the software program, which then analyze it and sends it back to you at the workstation, for example. And you could see it's a combination of auto-segmentation, identification of the vessels coming off the uh, ascending aorta, analysis of each of the vessels, extraction of center lines, automatic filtering of the extracted tree and labeling of the major coronaries, automatic stretching and boundary detection, and then, of course, detection of stenosis of 50% or greater. Articles like this one by Rinaldi show that this technique indeed works very well, particularly as a second reader. And an article by Halpern, very much false positive automated interpretations related to anatomic and image quality considerations. And our experience has been with better quality images, the system, in fact, works much better. And even in that article, you can see tremendous agreement uh, between the user and the computer. And uh, the core agree with the expert in 75% of cases. So again, it's something to help you. How does it look? Well, here's a list of patients. In this case, a normal case. It listed all the coronaries, which are in green, as opposed to this case where the left main and LAD showed disease, or this case where the images weren't of good enough quality and they're in blue. The computer could not analyze them. So again, it does also uh, play a role in quality assurance. Once you have it, it sends it back to your system. And so here's on my workstation, you can see it lists all of the vessels, which in this case were all normal. And in this case, it shows me lesions in the left main and LAD. And just to give you a feel how it looks, here's me analyzing the uh, LAD with a calcified plaque, going through different uh, projections and analysis to, to try to quantify stenosis. And there's the computer in that case calling a significant stenosis in the LAD and outlining for you where it felt the stenosis was. So again, the computer can enhance what we do. The computer is not going to replace us, but it can make the process better. Now there are limitations, poor quality studies, anomalies, very heavy calcification, and occasionally just because it doesn't work. But again, in most cases, we find it to be indeed very, very useful, and I do use it as a second reader. Now, there's other work being done by the same group looking at the fact whether or not you can compute a calcium score from a contrast-enhanced study. The goal would be, of course, that perhaps you wouldn't need to do a non-contrast study, which would save some dose, and in this article, they did look at potentially doing that. Again, it's a complex software analysis. But just to make the point, and here's some of the uh, screenshots from Arcadia, making the point about looking at these virtual slices, resampling, and then being able to create really high-quality images, 
um, and then being able to score them. And again, it's a challenge when you have contrast in the vessel, but it's something that potentially can be calculated mathematically. It's a model-based segmentation. Uh, you're doing a virtual uh, CT image, not a simple calibration. And so many things are going in that direction. The whole ability to use new software to enhance what we do as radiologists is something indeed that's very exciting. Now in the hardware side, I also spoke about mobile solutions and I spoke about the iPad. Uh, again, just to make the point that a lot of the iPad is software. Software is really what drives our ability to use a device such as the iPad. And so whether it's the coronaries or it's a case like this where the patient ends up having a coarctation of the aorta with a large left subclavian artery, or it's a case like this with an anomaly, which you can see very nicely in the 3D perspective across a range of variations. And here a little bit of stenosis. Now, the last thing is there was a recent article talking about software that can be used to help guide appropriate utilization. We're all concerned about utilization. In this article, it was a way of teaching the referring clinicians about when to order cardiac CT. And when you look at the results of the article, um, the patients uh, uh, were the physicians with the patients had better selection criteria. So the appropriate tests ordered increased from 49 to 61%, while inappropriate tests dropped from 22 to 6%. So you can see we can make a difference, and perhaps that'll be the future. You'll go onto a system, you'll say what the problem is, the computer will tell you, uh, is it the right study to do? So again, that's something we're all seeing um, being developed in the near term. As we look forward, there are many things that are gonna, coming along. For many of the applications, for example, for grafting, for redoing cardiac surgery, for looking at TAVR, looking at coronaries, more and more software is being developed that is more accurate and easier. Again, the ability to quantify stenosis seems simple, but it's not. Also, the user interfaces are being redesigned to make them more intuitive. The ability to have information in the cloud where you can have things everywhere and anywhere for both the radiologist and the referring physician is indeed critical. So I think a lot of what we talk about in CT, we talk about buying new scanners, we talk about buying new workstations, buying new processes. Again, the process really is hardware and software brought together to a perfect mix. And software is indeed very critical. Without good software, no matter how expensive the hardware is, it's not very useful. And with bad software, even the best hardware is going to suck. So with that, hope this helped, and we'll see you around. Thanks a lot.